just going to make another adjustment. Dancing in the moonlight. Is that better? It's cut me in its spotlight. It's all right. Dancing in the moonlight. Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, colourful, and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 20. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Victoria Mullen is a finance professional who likes her cars and likes her golf. She's a proud parent to great kids, and she's also a trans woman. She's fascinating as she tells me about her journey through a very different Ireland to where she is today, and her take on where we are as a society when it comes to trans people. Do remember to check out previous episodes where I meet people like Frankie Sheehan, Teresa Mannion, Ivan Yates, Geraldine Herbert, Dermot Ferreter and others. They're all listed together nicely on seniortimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Connor Faulkner and you can email me at connorfaulkner at gmail.com. But now let's meet Vicky. She popped round for a coffee after her day in the office and we had a long chat. Vicky Mullen, thank you very much for coming to the Batcave and having much. the chats. Vicky and I are a pal, but we've known each other for a good few years now. We're golf buddies. It's a great game it is. Uh, we're two fine exponents of, of the art. But, you know, despite your golfing ability, that's perhaps not the most interesting thing about you. You transitioned, so you were you were previously Victor. Uh, so there's obviously a long story to that, some of which I know from chatting to you yeah. incidentally. But we'll we, we try and um, stick to a sort of a loose chronology. Um, you were born in Sligo, I think. And um, what was your background? Um, my dad worked in the post office and my mum was a stay-at-home mum, which yeah. in the 60s when I was born was typically the thing to do. That's so what all women Very stable home, yeah. you know, and my four siblings are perfectly... I'll get shot for this now. I say <laughs> normal and I shouldn't, but... <laughs> They have no gender identity yeah. issues. Yeah. I, but, I, I mean, I have memories to the age of three because my grandfather is in one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the first time I got a Coca-Cola. So <laughs> my, my cousin from England is a year older than me. And she was home for the first time or over for the first time. And he had a little shop. Yeah. So we were sitting on these little stoops in his little shop. And he gave us a small tin bar of dairy milk chocolate mm. and a Coca-Cola. And I want to be very clear, it's Coca-Cola is why it's solid in my mind, this yeah. memory. But while I'm drinking the Coca-Cola, thinking this is the best thing I've ever had, um, I'm looking over at my cousin, who's a year older, and she has this velvet dress on. Yeah. And my memory is always confused whether it was red or blue, but it was velvet. Yeah. And uh, I remember clearly thinking, I should be like her. Wow. I was like that. And that, I dated that properly. That was August 64, and I had just turned three. So from a tiny, tiny, almost oh, from the moment you were self aware. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. Now, I wouldn't have known the difference between boys and girls at three, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know what the anatomical differences were, but I just knew what I should have been and what I wasn't. Yeah. But I was smart enough to keep it to myself. But my entire childhood is littered with memories like this. And, and, and of course, this was the 1960s. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 Nothing. Uh, uh, so, so. <laughs> 
anything in the 1970s. No, I know. I'm, 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 you know, there's been lots of journeys had in sort of lots of social issues, yeah. but, but, but the trans one not until lately. No. So, yeah. I think we just got tired and said enough. And so, so did people in that situation then typically kind of become reclusive? Did it was everybody said well, that I it could only be me? Talk or, about anybody else's journey. Yeah. Right. My own. I mean, my childhood was littered with memories like the one I just described. Mm. The reason that one I can date is my grandfather died two months later. And right. he was the one that gave me the coke. Yeah. And I remembered it because it was my first coke. And to be very clear, I still drink coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boring non-drinker. Coke so, is my drink of choice. So, so childhood so, memory, very clear. That's a very clear memory, but it's because of the coke. But I remember mm. thinking this about my cousin at the time. Now, I have countless memories as a kid wanting to be a girl, thinking right. I shouldn't have. I can't tell you the number of nights I would have been a strong, uh, I would have had a strong belief in God. I was raised Catholic, obviously, okay. down the country, and uh, I used to pray to God every night that I'd wake up the next morning and a girl. Wow. Every night. Wow. And I, but I was always that, I'm a half class one type of person. Yeah. I was always the optimist. When I'd wake up in the morning, I'd be disappointed. I wasn't a girl, but I was no yeah. worse off. It's how I used to look at you. Just get up and go there, on. There, there, there's a bad joke that says, uh, apart from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? <laughs> yeah. um, but apart from that, a sort of f- f- fundamental uh, yeah. um, juxtaposition in, in the sort of the very heart of you, you were otherwise living a normal life as a normal Yeah, I, I was a sickly kid. I mean, I had bad asthma. Right. So I, I just like myself. I was a professional. So, and they didn't have inhalers when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little white frame or tablet, that's all, it's feckle that I can remember. So there was a couple of instances in my life that where I nearly died with asthma, but I wouldn't have been, I was that kid that came last in every race that okay. was ever ran. It didn't bother me, you know, and when the, but and I was a boy at the yeah. time, so. Well, you were a smart kid though at the same time. Ah, yeah, I'd have been in the top, <laughs> near the top, at any rate, you know, I'd have been okay. Um, so, 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 so uh, t- top during class time, bottom at sports day. Yeah, I mean, the only medals I ever won were for chess. You know, but yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily what would now be described as a nerd either. Yeah, okay. I, I was like everybody's second best friend. I was popular. Yeah. Nobody knew my deep so, hidden secret. Yeah. Uh, but I was small. So you were living with the deep hidden secret. Oh, God. Uh, uh, and was it causing you distress or did you just, as a kid, us, did you just... It's just part of my life. This is the world I woke up in and this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's the, that's the way, like I, I think some people are very unfortunate to suffer from depression and all that. And that's all very mm. chemical and we understand mm. that better now. And they didn't do anything to be in that position. Mm. Well, I'm nearly the polar opposite of that. I didn't do anything to be relatively happy with life, but I am. I would say you are always a cheerful person, just just by the by. You well, know. I try and, it's not even try, I do tend to look at what I have. Yeah. Like I slag about the half glass full. Yeah. I can't even see the bit that's empty. <laughs> I just we should all probably have that attitude more than we do, you know. Yeah, I didn't do anything to have that attitude. I just have it naturally. Oh, so the way some people are naturally depressed, I'm the opposite. I'm always fighting for what I want. I always yeah. know if I have a lack, I have to find it. Yeah. Only 
since transition, it's more about having the big TV or the nice car. Or <laughs> <laughs> they're normal lacks. They're normal lacks. So uh, moving on then, as you became kind of an adolescent and... Uh, yeah, the problem became bigger and more. And, and did I ask, were, were you ever sort of what one might consider conventionally gay? Or did oh, that, no. 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 So it's funny, actually. Yeah. I always thought... Well, I was straight. As yeah. When I was Victor, I was straight. I fancied girls, and that was it. And I, my friends slagged me about this. I always assumed, because I was straight, that when I transitioned, I'd then fancy men. But that's just nonsense. I never gave it much thought. But I always imagined that I'd then begin to fancy men. And I was two years post-transition waiting for this... <laughs> <laughs> Lightning strike to fair fancy men when I realised, oh my god, I'm lesbian now, that's right. Because <laughs> well, that doesn't change. You yeah. don't decide who you fancy, you just do. So, in, in, in a funny way, what does change then is something that's very, very fundamental to you, yeah. very, very personal to you. Um, but lots of the external things don't the, change at all. The irony is, I'd argue nearly nothing changed except how I live my life. You yeah. see, I tried to transition in 1984. It was a bit different Ireland back then. Yeah. I went away. But it didn't work. <laughs> it took me years to figure out why it didn't work. I went off to become a woman. Mm. And I tried to be what, in my mind, a woman should be. Okay. And that person, this ideal woman in my mind, was not me. It was somebody who was, you know, quiet and, you know, yeah. obeyed the rules. And I don't do any of that. <laughs> I mean, I love, I, I use Star Trek and Star Wars as an example. I still love Star Wars and Star Trek. Okay, so. I still hate football. Well, this, you this know, we're all, all a mix. Yeah, this is all you know. And we're trying to get better on all of those things these days. And you do see... Yeah, but I mean, girls didn't play football when I was young. Well, they do so now. Part of the, they do now. My yeah. daughter is a star. Like, she's brilliant. But... You know, my, my attitude to football... Well, I never liked football anyhow. I was too mm. sickly. No more than I would lose every race. Yeah. I, rem <laughs> I remember at school, we'd go out at lunchtime. This is in the boys' school, right? Yeah. And I suppose it was 25 or something like that, and they'd be picking a team. So mm. the two best footballers would be the captains, and they'd pick the team. Yeah. And absolutely guaranteed, I was picked last in every in every time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, telling I, that I, too. I, I, was, I was never first picked myself. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't last, isn't it? <laughs> but every time I was picked last, and I was telling that story one time to a client of mine, he's a, he was a um, PE teacher, and he was very concerned because that, that thing, they don't allow that anymore, apparently, yeah. he said, because that can damage a child. And I kind of laughed, and I said, and I was very clear about this when I was young. Yeah. Had I been picking the teams, I'd have picked me last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very clear. I was better than the kids, other kids at maths. And you know, if we were picking the chess team. Oh, I was well, yeah, well, yeah. maybe not first, but certainly and, second and, and third. And, and neither of those were a comment, hidden or otherwise, no. on your trans status. We're all entitled. I mean, I, I hate seeing people getting medals for participation. I know. Trust As a kid man. that would have only got those medals if it had existed back then, yeah. I think that's an insult. And it's not fair to the kids who excel. Exactly, yeah. So they get their medals for running. And if I wasn't typed one for chess, I got it for chess. Wait. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. 
Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. Connor steps briefly onto his soapbox. We, we, we are just too concerned these days about oh, hurting people's feelings, yeah. you know? Like I've benefited from PC yeah. to a certain degree. But I don't necessarily agree with it all. Well, you see, because there's there's a lot of justice in it, clearly, and conversations yes. that need to be had. But there's also a lot of excess and hyperbole and, um, and frankly, some attention-seeking of the landscape Correct. as well. Yeah. All of which can kind of frustrate the real conversation. Mm. But back to Vicky, or at this stage, still Vicky. Victor, because uh, at this stage, Victor, Victor and Fancy Girls, and we're in yeah. many respects... Uh, oh, yeah. If, if and and I always wondered why God made me. And I, I had very good faith for a long time mm. and I couldn't understand why God made me this way I couldn't see the logic right but there was no sense of guilt or shame was there was no, it just I a sort of well, round no. peg in a square hole type feeling see I went off in 1984 to transition before that I mean I would have dressed as a girl whenever I could that was the only time I felt yes. I'm going to use that word that sometimes with so many like uh, cold trans people mad that's only when I felt normal and I was okay. just, it wasn't a kick to dress up. It wasn't a sexual thing. Yeah. It was like a deep breath. That's yeah. who I'm meant to be. It, it didn't matter whether I was in a skirt to redress or even... Uh, and there's a couple of, just, just in my ignorance, um, yeah. it, it, you say you began, you first began to transition in 1984. But yeah. I, I think I'm right in saying that the technology was nowhere near as developed and what could be done was nowhere near as sophisticated. Well, they still had hormones and yeah. they would have had the app, but I didn't get that far. Okay. I mean, I was on hormones for a year between 83 and 84. Well, in total 84 I went off October 84 I went off to London to try and transition and did not be available in Ireland I oh Jesus sorry to give me the background of the country I left you couldn't buy a condom yes yeah, it was October 1984 the, the Brighton bombings had okay. just taken place you know the when they nearly took that mm. um, so being Irish wasn't necessarily a good thing no, in London indeed, in 1984 yeah. they love us now but back then they're not so much but I went off to that London and I left in Ireland where let <laughs> me get the order being gay was illegal and a crime that would land you in jail <laughs> being gay so LGB was out and yeah. um, Unmarried mothers were not permitted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some, but that was, I mean, the laundries were raging at the time. Where along your journey then did you have children? Because uh, you did. Ah, uh, well, in 84, I went off, uh, lived as Vicky for about six months in London. Right. My parents were left behind. I was saying what Ireland was like. Being gay was illegal. Divorce was illegal. Yeah. Contraception was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal. Yeah. 
and that poor girl down in Longford mm. uh, and of it had just died giving birth because she wouldn't tell anyone yeah. now that's the Ireland I left behind yeah thought of transitioning in Ireland that wasn't even a possibility at that, at that, the, the Ireland of that time because I grew up in that Ireland yeah well, of course and uh, you know it had been that way in Ireland for a hundred years and more and nobody ever imagined no. that, that Ireland would change it was just our minds and we, we, we felt ourselves to be culturally I, way behind yes the I, I have States. to say this about the Irish yeah I think we're one of the greatest nations on the planet and I'll tell you why the crack is a big thing with us it I is, think we yeah. love a bit of fun right yeah. and we're very easy going mm. by and large but I'll also add in we're a little bit lazy <laughs> so for the hundred years you were talking about the Catholic Church ruled supreme yeah and they were telling us all these things were bad sex out of marriage too much sex yeah people not enough sex getting divorced yeah babies. more yeah. babies have divorce oh, absolute sin everything was a sin yeah and being a little bit lazy as a society we were being told by those who should know better the church because yeah. they were in direct contact with God and we all believed in God at the time and if they said divorce was bad it was bad if they yeah. said homosexuality was a sin it was a sin and so on we didn't give it any thought yeah. and, unless and you we happened were, to know uh, even you know, then the, the close friend who was divorced but was still a really nice guy yeah. or the good friend of yours who actually was gay but you know we never did me all McLeamore we were yeah. sure he's a national treasure. We won't discuss him that he's gay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we brush over it because we don't really want to be mean to people. Yeah. But at the same time, we let the church rule. Mm. We were lazy. Yeah. Okay. Now, the church, I mean, those poor kids that suffered at the hands of the church, oh, I mean, it's horrendous. But they didn't suffer in vain because our country is free today because of them. I don't think I've ever heard anyone else say that. Yeah. But because it came out bad enough that those priests did what they did. Yeah. But the bishops covered it up. They, it, 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 it was covered up. They'd move priests from where they knew what they were doing to other parishes where they well, could do it again. And, and this is since well aired and well discussed. Yes. But, but even now... That was not known even into the noughties. And, and even now, when you lay it out like that, yeah. you just look at the stark facts. It, yeah. it, it's still mind-boggling. That oh, yeah. The arrogance in thinking that they could get away with it and the, the fact that they were right. They did get away with it for, so, for, for, so for so long. So what so, a world. So... so in eight or nine, we kind of, as a society, had a break with the church. Yeah. That final report, I can't remember the name, was the Ryan report? Well, there was there. Yeah, but it was the last, the last one. It was one in a way. Enda Kenny gave a very Yes, at that time. Role. That was the one. Yeah. And I think society kind of broke away from the church properly then, right? Yeah. And I remember as a kid, you'd be, not as a kid, but as a young adult, mm. you'd be nearly embarrassed to say you weren't going to Mass. Yeah. Certainly from a small town. Well, people used to you know they'd pretend to go to my parents used to because we had a, we had a a, a, a devout um, if, if very sensible yeah. grandmother living with us yeah. um, and you know we used to go to mass because she had to go to mass yeah. uh, but my parents would they used to always go to evening mass yeah. which uh, as I grew up I realised meant they went into O'Brien's for a few months <laughs> but you were very forward thinking parents yeah. I wasn't even doing that but <laughs> the thing is we, we, it's turned on its head now I mean, I, I personally don't go anymore, but anybody I know that does, they don't 
they're a little bit embarrassed to admit it yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and it's so in other words, it's flipped on its head. Yeah. But we broke away from the church, and then the marriage equality came in in 2015, which was a huge landmark for. It was, but it was more than that because remember I said we were a little bit lazy. Uh, the church was gone, and there was about six, seven years there where the church was gone. Yeah. And gay people existed, the LGB, and this marriage equality, and most people, I believe, about 10, 15 percent of people are natural bigots. Because another, that's, that's a given, right? Okay. But they're balanced because there's another 10 or 15 percent are ultra liberal and they yeah. agree to everything. Yeah. The rest of us, me included, we're all in the middle. We're in 70% in the middle. Yeah, we're all in the middle. I know. Obviously, I had strong views of LGBT issues, but I mean, if I hadn't been trans, I probably wouldn't have been the same as everybody else and I wouldn't have given it any thought. Yeah. The marriage equality referendum made people get off the fence. It did. You suddenly had to decide did you want gay people to be getting married or did you not? And I, now, I think that one of the warm things that came out of that was the gay community insofar as there is one because came out we all got in but everybody got involved and it, but it was clear to that community that they couldn't have won the referendum without allies well oh and allies. we had loads and, and they had loads Tons. which was fantastic absolutely loads and um, but the, the thing about it was people got off the fence yeah and then which way would they go and, and God bless the church I mean this and now because they came in on the no side yeah. and the Irish people basically went well yeah, the church says no it must be on the other yeah. side you lot again yeah when was the last time we asked you for spirit correct advice? so then we all got down and then the celebrations afterwards it was like a big party do you know now you'll struggle to find somebody who'll admit that they voted against that's my point yeah, yeah. one in ten yeah. I would say what a great now because I think it was 38% voted no but I'm willing to bet that at least three quarters of those people kind of regretted it the day after when yeah. they saw the joy and yeah. the fun and the crack. Yeah. It's like people who didn't vote for Mary Robinson, you know? Yeah. Or voted against divorce. Or voted against They're slightly on the wrong side of history and perhaps fear that. So come here, your history then again. At right. some stage in the journey you, you, you had children. So how many, how many kids have you? Well, first of all, 84, 85 yeah. I transitioned and then went back. Because yeah, okay. there was nothing physically done really other sure. than I'd had... Uh, a, a bit of breast development so I went back and I was Victor the reason I went back was I wasn't any happier and you it, with hindsight instead of trying I, to be Vicky the woman you were trying to be something else even that. I was trying to be a perfect woman yeah. in my head I, you can't be somebody else this is why we're in the trouble people like me are in in the first place but this is an identity issue it's got nothing to do with yeah. well, it's a gender identity issue but yeah. it's got nothing to do with anything else yeah. who you fancy nothing, nothing like that so I failed in 85 basically I wasn't any happier but my parents and siblings mm-hmm. were very upset back in Ireland and I was going to have to disappear off the face of the earth there was no question of me going back to see them yeah. that was the end and then my parents were taking it very tough so I decided well if I was going to be unhappy either way you may as well be I may as well be unhappy and make them happy so I transitioned back okay right and then then I went off and I toured the world my slag is I used to be windswept and (laughs) (laughs) and I know you've always been very busy because I mean it's worth saying just as an aside that while all this is going on you remain professionally very busy you were 10 years of the revenue you were doing yeah I was in the revenue during the 80s and I took a career break for this so it's not as if this, this, this situation that you found yourself in was an all-consuming 100% dominant thing in your life because you were no, I, 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 well. I disagree to a point okay. right 
Um, you know, if you're on a bike and you're cycling along, you're obviously concentrating on cycling. Yeah. But basically, you can think about anything. Yeah. I call that free thinking time. Sure. If you're driving, similar. Yeah. You have your mind on the road, but there's a good chunk of your mind is free to be yeah, thinking. It's more that's other information. Right? Correct. And we all have that. You might be walking around the reservoir or lake or whatever you're walking. They, those kinds of things. If you're working on something at work, you're concentrating on that. That's not free thinking time. So sure. most of the time, a lot of our time is free thinking time. I would say 70 to 80% of my free thinking time before I transitioned was consumed with why me? Why was I not born the way I should have been born? Right. What, for a long time, what was God doing? Why did he do this to me? Why was I being punished? I didn't understand. Okay. It was an obsession. And it, it was cruel and it was harsh. It was I, a I, tough thing to live with. I, I would and it got worse and worse as I got older. I would like to come to how that affected your faith journey. But before we do that, um, you, 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 did you actually get married in a conventional way? Oh, I did. We, I, I went off for three years in total. And um, six months was for the transition. And then two and a half years, uh, I, I basically travelled. Right? I went around the world and I had a great time and, and everything. And uh, so, so good show. And came back, and then three years and a month after I left, I was back where I started. Mm. I even got my old flat back. It happened to be vacant. So, which was great, both great and awful. Because I really felt like I had never been away. So back to square one. Because I came back in November 87, and Ireland hadn't changed. Well, nothing had changed. Well, you know, the 80s were just the grimmest <laughs> They were. I mean, they really were. But we didn't know they were grim when we were there. Oh, God, I did. You look back. <laughs> well, maybe it's... Yeah. Well, I remember just briefly back to 79. Poor old Bob Geldof. I've never met Bob, but if yeah. I ever did, I'd apologise to him. He, I, he brought out a song that I both loved and hated, uh, Banana Republic. Yeah. Where basically nine. the premise of the song was that we were run by the police and priests. Yeah. And I was in Embarrassed. I was a good Irish person, good Republican yeah. back in the day, you know. And I was annoyed that he would bring that song out in England, yeah. making a show of us, when it patently wasn't true. Yeah. Well, it took it, me years to see that he was I mean, telling it the was truth. True. Yeah, now, perhaps it was and, too simple and too harsh a, a, a criticism of Ireland at the time, but it was fundamentally correct. It took me nearly 30 years, or what, maybe 20, 25 years, to see how right he was. Yeah. So I would owe him an apology because what really killed me was I loved the song (laughs) (laughs) but I hated it as well so but um, back up to 87 I came back 88 then uh, I met my to be future wife in 89 we married in 91 yeah I married because I love her yeah right there was nothing else I fancied her I loved her I fell in love with her and I had no intention of ever being Vicky I had tried that in 84 to 85 it didn't work I was trying to put it away but it didn't change inside how I felt yeah but I just felt that's I'm going to have to live with so some people are born with deformities and I'd have to live with this deformity which, which is a terrible way to think of it, of course, but I mean... But for me, it was. It, it, that's the way you, your mind was picturing it, really. Yeah. Like, okay. so, so, just so, do a small diversion. Yeah. I, I once had talks with the church. I'm not going to mention names, mm. but in Ireland, in relatively recent times, because I, I, I wanted to, have, to see if there was any way I could shift them yeah. a little bit. 
everybody thought I was mad. So this was a solo run. <laughs> but I met with a person who's now a bishop, and he's a lovely man. And we were getting on ground, but I had in four two-hour meetings with him okay. to discuss the issues, so that they could come back and tell me where trans people fit within the church. And this was before our current pope's ban. I can't be a godparent. No trans person can be a godparent now, of course, the new pope. You can be if you're a rapist, if you're a murderer. I don't think Peter, 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 Peter probably just, like, just not But if you're trans, you cannot be a grandparent, right? But this predates that. Right. So I asked him in the first meeting, could he explain to me where we fitted in the church? And he came back to me and he said, I don't believe, he says, sorry, the Catholic, this is word for word, because I've told the story quite a few times. The, the Catholic Church does not believe that if a man has a sex change operation, that that man is then a woman. Right. And I thought... Now, I'm going to be really facetious here really and say that at the same time, the Catholic Church does believe that this cracker is the literal body. <laughs> well, I, I let them have that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can go with that all they want. I may have fallen away from that faith, but let's leave them have their own beliefs. But okay. this was their belief, that if a man had a sex change operation, that that man would not then be a woman. Okay. And I said, I agree with you, Father. <laughs> and he looked at me shocked and he was word for word. He says, well, now, I thought you might disagree. He yeah. said, I said, no, but let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. I said, and I didn't mean any disrespect to him, I said, if today, Father, you had a sex change operation, tomorrow you'd still be a man. I want to make sure that's what you mean. And he went, yes. I said, no, you'd be in the body of a woman because of the operation, but you'd still be a man. And he agreed. And I agreed. And then I said, I hope you're not confusing that situation with my own situation, or for that matter, any trans person that I'd ever met. I've known a few. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, in the situation with yourself, rather, if you had that, I said, before the operation, you'd be a man in a man's body. And after the operation, you'd be a man in a woman's body, still a man. In my case, before my operation, I was a woman in a man's body. And after the operation, I was a woman in a woman's body. It's completely different. And he says, I never thought of it like that. And I says, well, that's why we're having these meetings. And then I said, now, Father, far be it for me to hammer home the point, but I'm going to. And I suggested he think of any man he had ever met. Didn't care who. And don't tell me. I said to him, I said, I want you to tell me to think about this and imagine what is the most important part of his anatomy to him? What's the first thing if he was in a car accident he'd want to check? Is it okay? (laughs) And we only need to consider a free kick in soccer to know what that part of his anatomy is. Above all else, it's the most important part. And I said, then I want you to pick any woman you ever met. And I said, this woman can be anybody, don't tell me, da da da. I said, now we imagine I was talking to a bishop, what a future bishop. I says, Father, I said, basically, let's say for whatever reason God decided, yeah. God grew a penis on this woman overnight. And she wakes up the next morning with a penis, and she's like a man. Now I said, Father, after the screaming stops, what do you think the first thing she's going to do? <laughs> she's going to get to see her doctor and have the same operation I had as quickly as she possibly can. To restore, restore her natural To restore her natural self. And I said, you see, Father, that's my point. Only a woman would have the operation I had. 
No man would ever even contemplate such a thing. Yeah. And um, we were there good weren't, pals after yeah, that. There, there weren't many voluntary eunuchs. No. In the course of Oriental Kings. Actually, I think they did exist in China, but I mean, it's yeah. bizarre. So, so men tend to cross their legs in great detail if they have to think about what I went through. But women fully understand yeah. what I Well, most of them. So, so I, and again, I'm just speaking from a position of ignorance here, but what did you go through? Because it's, it's, it's now a very complex kind of multidisciplinary procedure, isn't it? It's not you know, a simple surgery. Well, no, you, you get your hormone therapy yeah. treatment, and that then regulates you as a female yeah. uh, with female hormones. And then trans people go to different. Some people don't get the op, some people do. Yeah. And trans, a trans woman, it's kind of more simpler. You get everything uh, changed <laughs> downstairs, right? Yeah, you get the plumbing redone. Yes. So, I mean, I'd be pretty much identical to any other woman physically to look at. Yeah. I mean, anatomically, I think we fit in maybe where a woman has had a hysterectomy because obviously I don't have any yeah, yeah, womb yeah. or any of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but just as an aside, astonishing how good the medical... Oh, it's much better now than say if I'd gone ahead in 84. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so it's, it, it is not, and, and I've never had any problems. Where was that work done? Because I think in Ireland currently it's... Oh, it's non-existent in Well, no, but isn't it Donald O'Shea is the expert? Donald O'Shea is the expert out in, in um, say, Conkills yeah. in, in Lachenstown. But, I mean, there's waiting lists of, I think, three years, four years at the moment. Trans, so many trans people are yeah. right now. And it would be a very conservative treatment. And the donor was there. I, I was appalled. Yeah. So, so sometimes, I know that it was so. Sorry, we should touch upon IMEX revenue. And uh, in the late 80s, I qualified as a tax consultant. Yeah. And then in the early 90s, I qualified as an accountant. Yeah. So I'm a professional, right? And I do okay. I have my own business up in Tala, and I do all right. I live in Tala. I'm not. Keeps you in very snazzy cars. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it does too. It does. Yeah. Yes, I have an Audi A5 and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love my car. I do always slag myself that Victor is alive and well when I sit behind the wheel. Well, you know, what you said at the start of the conversation is that, you know, there is no Victor Victoria. This this is the same person. This is a, it is. I, I'm very firm. Car, car loving, football hating, uh, yeah. uh, maths and numbersy woman. Uh, and that's just who you yes, are. Yes, that's who I am. When I transitioned to No I was very clear why I chose Victoria over, you know, over any other name. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even like Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always known you as Vicky, because that's how you... you, you well, I like Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. Victoria is very stuffy. <laughs> but I was Victor, and all I, that was, for me, telling people, the only thing literally changing is my gender. Yeah. My clothes, obviously, are different. Um, but for instance, I can move my hands now, which I was very conscious didn't before. It's the freedom of it is amazing. And I didn't act or nobody thought I was like a gay man. Yeah. I was a respectable businessman. Yeah. And with my own business, no can say an accountant would do what I did unless it's legit. Yeah, and of course a gay man there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a gay man, it's just that's not what you No, but back in the day there was. Yeah, well. Back in the day there was. Well, these are the same guys with the crackers who want to talk to you about we did we did travel a journey. And maybe if they're a little bit 
bit about sort of political Vicky because you, you've always been sort of very common sense person yeah um, uh, but to some degree you have been in the fight haven't you and oh yeah no no back in those but sorry we, we skip you asked me about my children I have three yeah. children they're the most amazing kids when I transitioned they were 12 8 and 4 uh-huh. and um, we my, my wife and I we were separating and we get on really well <laughs> well fairly well <laughs> <laughs> within, within reason within reason I don't think we have any more rows than a normal married couple we're not married well <laughs> we live apart right yeah. But our priority was our children when we yeah. were separating. And kids can get messed up from a divorce mm. from separating couples, never mind having a dad like me. All right? Uh, no, but. Th- th- I, I'm following, yeah. You're, uh, society yeah. can be tough. Okay. And we were worried about bullies. And this was all six now, 2006, when this yeah. was happening. I mean, we married in 91, so we got 15, in my view, good years. But then it came to an end. And I want to stress, I did not leave, but we broke up because of what I was. Well, you know, let's let's not so, be harsh on on any. No, no, I, breaks I do often say yeah. I think it's a fair assessment to say um, we broke up because I couldn't be the man that my wife needed me to be. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. And, she's and, a perfectly normal, brilliant mom, fabulous. She was a great wife. It's the loss of my life. And, and you, but you find yourselves, you know, re- re- mutually respectful, equal partners in your terrific kids yes absolutely 100% and we've always tried not to row in front of the kids so when we when we announced our separation the kids had no clue were they shocked by that totally shocked yeah but before we announced we went to a child therapist okay and took advice on how to handle it because the kids were the priority and were you thinking that there's a two stage thing I'm doing here I'm going to formally separate from my partner and then I'm going to transition or did you well, just in my mind what yeah. was going to happen um, again separation was happening I didn't necessarily want it but I fully understand yeah. why it was happening but in my mind if it had to happen I was going to try and hold things for two and a half three years and then transition okay because I had a a brush with suicide I suppose where I felt I was the problem. Right. I mean, I didn't see how my life could end up that it had come out. I, I knew I couldn't be a man separated. Okay. I, I would get caught. I would be either out dressing or I'd transition and my kids' lives would be ruined. And right. it was... So I was the problem. Whereas if I died... This is a tough space, Vicky. Oh, it it is. And and for anybody. It is, yeah. Now, I never suffered depression. This was all... You said common sense there. I have and I do. Yeah. And this was all logic. Yeah. So if I died in a car accident, for instance... I mean, we had plenty of life insurance. The mortgage would be clear. At the time, there was two properties, the business property and the home property. That's so that, that dark view that can creep in with suicidal ideation, that the world literally will be better without me. Oh, the, the, you don't see the devastation. That it was 100% happening. I had that. Yeah. And I suppose, luckily, I still believe in God at this particular point. Because there was one night I did a deed with God where I would drive for nine hours without stop in me, as I said, I might fall asleep at the wheel and be killed, all right? 
And uh, if I was still alive nine hours after this driving, I would sort my life. That's wow. true. I'm, I'm not exaggerating that. I'm not making it better or making it worse than it is. It was as simple as that. And I went driving and I started at one o'clock. I got out of the car at around half one to get fuel. I didn't have enough. Um, and I basically drove half the country. I was down near Longford and then I decided, no, I'll go south. And I came back up. Uh, it was... <laughs> It was snowing, <laughs> and it's funny. I was, um, I, I got, I was really annoyed with myself. I uh, got a bad skid in the snow. This was in the month of November. I got a bad skid in the snow. This is two thousand five, and I nearly went across the ditch. And I instinctively saved it. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I was supposed to then crash. So two things hit me. One, I was really annoyed I had saved myself. And the second thing was, I was dressed as Victor. And I didn't care. At the point I was in, I didn't want to be found dead as Victor. So I turned around, went back up to Dublin, and I became Vicky. And then I went out for the rest of the driving. And because that took a half an hour process, I added on a half an hour to it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a night, a deal's a deal. And I hold the deal. So I drove and I ended up down at Kelly's Resort at around... Down in Rosslair. Yeah, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I think it was, maybe quarter past 10. And I said I'd check in for the day, trying to recover myself. I now had to come to terms that I had to sort my life out yeah. because I was still alive. And poor Kelly's, they had no room at the end. <laughs> Even in November, we packed down. November. I think more of the problem was that we're not going to let me into a room at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I turned around and I drove back up to um, Wexford and Ferret Carrick. Yeah. And I went in there and they weren't as sticky about their rules. So I think by about half 10, quarter to 11 in the morning, they let me in and I went into that room and I basically cried for the day. That's, that was the worst day, one of the worst days of my life. And then the next morning, which is Saturday, and I went, basically what I said would do, I went enough. And I went out and bought Christmas presents, some Christmas presents for the kids. And then I went to see my friend, uh, I'm going to name drop here now, Sarah Phillips. Okay. She's a very famous trans woman. Um, she's ran Tenny. I'll explain Tenny in a minute, but she's ran this for 10 years. She's on the National Women's Council. Yeah. She, she's fantastic. She's the most wonderful person, and I'm very blessed to say she's my best friend. And she helped me sort my head out. I went up and stayed with her on the Saturday night. And um, so, without her, I'm not sure. She got me through so much. So that was who I had as a crutch. Wow. And um, she also helped me with the separation because she wouldn't now, me. now that we're going to survive and put life together. To yeah, I had to get things. through that. Yeah. yeah. And like, mm. obviously separation is hard. I want to be very clear when I say this. Everybody thinks the toughest thing I've faced is being trans. It's not. Separating from somebody you love is the toughest thing. Wow. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. a long way. The, the trans thing for you is yeah. not something... But it's been my whole life, it's something I've life. lived with, it's yeah. like breathing. Yeah, it's like being left-handed or something. It's just but and, yeah, that was that was really bad. And, um, you know, you, you don't want to turn to hate, but there's clashes. Yeah. And um, 
my instinct was to do X, but my friend Sarah made me do Y because she'd been through it and she knew what to do. So she kept me in the straight and narrow and avoided my worst instincts. I, I do always slag myself. I'm not a naturally nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to do. I beg to do. If there's a one biscuit between the two of us left, in my head, that's my biscuit. When I'd have been younger, I would have just taken it. Yeah. You wouldn't have been offered it. But you know, you have a fierce competitive streak on the golf course as well. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do. It doesn't do me any good, but I do. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I have to, I imagine that is my biscuit. You can have it. I can't have the last biscuit because I don't know when it's right to take it. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, so Sarah held me back from my worst inclinations and we survived and I got through. And you, tra- you transitioned then? Uh, well, this was it. The child therapist told us that the children would be better off with, um, sorry, children need love. Yeah. But equally, they need security. Okay. Both are equally important. I would never have known this. So them not knowing, she was very clear, first we separate and then we're beginning to fight a bit more and then one of us has a partner or something and then yeah. it's a, we're going for legal separation and then we're going for divorce and it goes on for years and there's no security. Yeah. And then if you bring in me in trans, and she asked me flat out, what did I think it was going to, when did I think I might transition or was I going to transition? Yeah. And I told her my thing about maybe two and a half, three years. I didn't want people thinking I ran out and, and my wife and to do this. Yeah. So she thought and said, no, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> You're going to transition as soon as possible. Okay. Which was a real yeah. push because I wasn't ready. I mean, we separated in February, Mar- Mar- early March. It yeah. wasn't the end. We had a lead in time. And then I transitioned on the 8th of May with us to Thailand. I had no time. You mentioned Lachlanstown. I had no time for the messing that was going on there with people and that. And I have my own views. So I took my common sense and I went out to Thailand and I had everything done there. And you had confidence in, because I mean, I would I'm not supposed to have done that. You're supposed to do a two year life, uh, live life experience for your transition. Well, you you get the art. You had done that a bit in London. Well, I'd done six months in London. Well, you, you, you had known your mind for many years, well, though, hadn't you? Oh, I had. And I came up with this. Before I was transitioning, I, I was a bit concerned that I had no worries about this. I mean, yeah. transitioning, I, I had no doubts. Yeah. And but it, I'm an accountant as well. Even with no doubts, it's never going to be a small episode in anybody's No, of course so not. You, you know, if you're not experiencing doubts, you know... Well, this was, the, this was through, exactly... Yeah. So what am I missing? Yeah. And I was saying, why have I no doubts? And I, and I came up with three questions. And the first two questions were really easy. The third question, am I talking too long? No, I don't know. The, the, thir- the third question was the tough one to come up with. So the first question I asked myself, now this was in early 06. Was I then or had I ever been happy or content being a man? And the instinctive answer was no. I didn't need yeah. to think about this. This yeah. was no. I was never happy or content at any stage in my life ever being a man. The next question was, could I see a time in my future when I might be happy or content living as a man? Yeah. And instinctively, I, this, these were not questions I had to consider. Yeah. These were no. Yeah. The third question I was asking myself, and it just didn't feel right, was would I be happy and content living as a woman? Uh. 
And even though I'd had my six-month experience in London, that hadn't worked. So you have to I, maybe ask yourself a more deep question that, you know, what what what, what is the happy woman I see? Because it can't be the projected ideal woman. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But then I realized I have no clue at the time. I would have no clue whether I would be happy or content living as a woman. Because... The 84, 85 piece, I was living as somebody else. Yeah. So I didn't really try it then properly, yeah. even though I lived as a woman then. So I was concerned I was asking the wrong question. And then the right question hit me. And you can answer this yourself. <laughs> and with the speed you need to answer it. Okay. So if I asked you, do, do you think you'd be happy or content living as a woman for the rest of your life? Well, you instinctively say no. Instinctively no. Because <laughs> but I, you don't I, need to consider. You don't need to consider because I no. am who I am. Correct. You know, you could ask so, me, could you ever play left-handed golf? Well, I'd probably be Give it a go. Yeah, you think about it. Yeah. But, but there's something. If I lost my right arm, maybe. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. But there's but, some things that just are fundamental. And, and that's why I asked you that question. So you understand how quick the answer comes. Yeah. So the first two, no, came instantly. Had I ever been content being a man? No. Would I ever be? No. Yeah. The next question was... Could my life possibly be worse living as a woman than it had been living as a man? No. Okay. So instinct. Yeah. That was an instinctive answer. Not would I be happy as a woman. I couldn't know that. Yeah. But I knew instinctively the other answer. It couldn't be worse. So, so, now, it's been amazing. So I was going to say, did, did there follow when you actually went through and completed the transition and you know, yeah. fully, fully recovered and, and relaunched? Yeah. Was that like just a, a starburst of, of happiness and contentment? No. Or was it, or was it no, you, know, it's not you like wake that. up and find, hey, I'm still Vicky, I, so I remember life's here, problems are still I here. I remember hearing a few years ago that there was some research done and people that win the lotto yeah. um, a year later they're maybe a little bit happier than they used to be, but not a huge amount. Yeah. And if somebody has a catastrophic accident, say they're in a wheelchair, uh, typically a year later, or maybe it might be two in that case, they're a little bit less happy than they were, yeah. but not majorly. Yeah. So we kind of have a default stage, you know, like, yeah. your, like your bell so, curve. You're some people who are just born miserable and do not have any blessings you shower them with. They're going to be miserable. And there's some people who are up and happy no matter what life throws at them. Yeah. And most of us are in the middle, aren't we? Correct. Yeah. That's the thing. So for me, it wasn't about being happy. It never was. Yeah. It was about being healthy. And here's a very interesting one, which I found amazing. I mentioned I'm asthmatic. And prior to transition, I would have had at least one chest infection every year, okay. if not two, mm. right? But in a two-year space, I'd definitely have three. Okay. So I'd be on my antibiotics and be off a week and then I'd be back. And I'd be fine. I was never, sorry, critical or anything. Well, I was way, way back. But anyway, so it was under control, but if I'd always get two or three chest infections. And then I transitioned in 06. And I got a chest infection around the time of the swine flu. For all I knew, it was the swine yeah, flu yeah. in 09. 2009, okay, yeah. That was the first time I was sick since I had transitioned. And do you know what? And is that telling you that better mental health? Well, is yeah, I have a respiratory consultant. I go to him yeah. every year for a checkup. And he's a very smart man. And I asked him, why am I getting less chest infections yeah. than I use? I mean, hardly any. Yeah. And, and he said, that's probably down to stress. I, I can handle the stress, but I wasn't even aware I was yeah. stressed. So because of the condition I was living with, 
it was coming out physically through me in the form of chest yeah. infections. So it's a further validation of your of your of your choice. Yeah, sense. I've never been as healthy. Yeah. Would you bring us r- r- right up to date? And you are certainly robustly healthy and uh, hitting, hitting straight golf balls and driving around the A5. You don't play with me enough. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I hear good things and bad things, like us all. Um, in terms of the, the sort of societal conversation, and we've touched yeah. off this a little bit before, off mic and in other, other chats that we've had, um, the trans issue at the moment, um, for, for no good reason, uh-huh. seems to have been co-opted into the sharpest end of the culture war. Um, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but you why know, fair? energy and heat going into arguments about... These are creative arguments. I mean, the big argument about us, trans women in particular, Mm. it's transgender generally, but trans women in particular, is that women aren't safe. Now, first and foremost, I believe these are manufactured arguments by the far right to create an enemy that people can get around and vote for them. It's simple as that. And once they take us out, they'd move on to the rest of the LGB community, they'd well, move on to refugees. Uh, anybody, you, anybody. anybody who's not, in inverted commas, now I'm going to use the word badly, normal. Yeah, anyone, you, they can, see anyone you can other. And, and you can see it today. It's in the news. Penny Mordant is currently running for... Right. Now, I'm not a fan of Penny Mordant. Yeah. Jesus, Tories, Christ. Yeah. But Penny Mordant is on record of being relatively right-wing, very Right yeah, yeah. But she does, or so far, has supported LGBT rights, and particularly the T rights, the mm. trans rights. And she is now in danger of losing because the other side, Liz Truss and Co., are coming in so that, she, that she's not supporting women's rights. Yeah. They, they view it as women's rights are not supported. Because well, trans... To, to me, Vicky, uh, to me, that's a slightly false position because, and I think the bathroom is a, is a classic one, right? Oh. You have these right-wing nutters in America who spend most of their time preaching fire and brimstone and putting gold taps on their private airplanes. And they came up with this bathroom rally. Yeah. The ordinary girl won't be safe. Why? Because a secret man will access them via the bathroom. It makes no sense. In, in, in all of recorded history, um, mm. no such incident has ever, ever, ever well, occurred. I've not been able to find it. just hasn't occurred. In, in fact. So it, 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 but, but what it is, of course, is an attempt. It's a false flag. It's an attempt to uh, uh, put down trans people and say, I don't want to deal with that. Trans is just too common. Create a fear. You're, you're just there. You're, these, these are just weird other different people that neoliberals are forcing on us they don't exist at all and I can stop myself even thinking about it by, by pretending I'm putting up for women's rights or yes. signing up for women's rights and you know maybe we should all analyse our positions on other issues and see if in some degree where you know we, we make that mm-hmm. long mental leap ourselves maybe yeah. we do on some issues but on this trans issue it's so blatantly wrong um, now that exists. It's probably not as bad in Ireland as in some other places. Um, no, but they're trying... There are a group in now, and they're very vicious about things. They, um, they're they constantly um, picketing the National Women's Council because my friend is, uh, is, is on the council. Susan Phillips is the reason why they're picketing. Yes. Oh, Sarah Phillips. And Sarah Phillips, sorry. Sarah, yeah. And, um, and the things that... I mean, the abuse that poor she, that, that she gets online is just horrendous oh. it's, it's absolutely I don't know how she does it um, and I will be honest I was a little bit concerned coming on here yeah of course because I'm opening myself to this yeah. but that said 
I've always believed, like in 06, around the time I transitioned, I was one of the original four founding members of Tenny. Yeah. Now, there was a Tenny before there was one person in it. And we kind of refounded it in yeah. 06. And was it originally Lydia Foy or is Tenny separate? No, Lydia never had anything to do with Tenny. Well, we've supported Lydia. Yeah. But as in Tenny has supported Lydia, I'm, I'm not, well, I'm a member of Tenny, but I'm not on the board any longer. Okay. I, I kind of retired from activism. I didn't kind of, I retired from activism at the end of 17. And ironically, on the same day, I. You're not politically correct enough. You're no, not I'm correct. not politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> I say things I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> Like, I absolutely hate the term cisgender. I really do. So, yeah, so, so do I, but that's just, listen, I'm entitled to be grumpy well, in middle age because I'm... My argument age. about that word is I'm asthmatic. My lungs are asthmatic. I presume you're not. Well, no. Right. So you've normal lungs and mm. I have asthmatic lungs. I'm an asthmatic person. <laughs> you're not. I don't feel the need to come in with a term yeah. to describe you as cis-asthmatic or yeah. something. Yeah. And, 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 and surely to goodness, if, if somebody makes up new grammar and I... And I, oh, I no, it I, is a word. It is a legitimate word. I just don't like it. I don't... It, 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 if you're calling somebody cisgender and they've never heard of it, that's not nice. Yeah. And just, just make us feel better. Now, I want to be very clear. Mm. I am literally the only trans person that hates that word. <laughs> so, so, I, if there's any listeners to this, and I'm sure there's not, don't <laughs> threaten well, or not use it deliberately. Yeah, where, 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 where I go wrong, I, 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 listen, I, 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 I'm all for the clarity of language, and we do yeah. need new words for, for sort of new new kind of social phenomena, etc. We do have to be careful about language when it can be used to hurt or has in the past been used to hurt but I just think you're the wrong, fighting the wrong battles if you're intensely arguing every, Chris, every Christmas as to whether the word faggot can be used okay. or, 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 or the, 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 the pronouns are, are, are a trickier one the pronouns are a trickier yeah, one yeah because, because I mean I'll tell you now if somebody refers to me as a male you know, you know, if it's somebody I've known for years mm. and they're just making a mistake, I let it slip. I used to have the three strikes and you're out policy. Okay. So, and this was only really after a transition, this would be relevant. Somebody would slip up and either refer to me as Victor or refer to me as he or his or whatever. Well, if somebody had known you for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. and it was a difficult transition for them too. But um, the... the uh, the pronoun thing I'd let people slip up once twice third time I'd correct them but I'd correct them nicely yeah. you see, now if they it, kept doing it well and then, very few did well you see then you're getting to the bit that I object to which is where you're you're using your language to be offensive yeah and it's a passive aggressive way mistake. yeah it, yes. it's a passive aggressive way of, yeah. of, of you know choosing to be rude to somebody <laughs> so it doesn't matter what they're actually doing it could just be past the soul <laughs> but if somebody is deliberately choosing to be rude to you. Yeah. Oh no. And, and then you. Do, but if I'm if I'm somewhere and somebody who knew me and says, referring to me goes he, and then oh sorry, and she, and yeah. they get embarrassed. I'm not saying anything about that. They didn't mean that. Yeah. So it's so, when, it's when somebody is deliberately choosing to be offensive. And then I go for them. And listen, that, I'm sure you would have gone for them long before you were trans. Uh, you know, back at, back as well, back as never time before I was trans. <laughs> well, sorry, you know, before you transitioned. Before I transitioned. So, and, and, but, but, but I mean, it wasn't an issue. There was some a few of us transitioning before I transitioned yeah. it was kind of like well I guess what I meant is that like, your sense of natural justice would have kicked in there no matter what the issue was yeah but I'd be honest I've never met a trans person 
in my professional life or friendship life before I transitioned. I met trans people by going to trans support groups and everything else. So I'm not your typical person that would yeah. do that and make that mistake or would be in company and would say, you know. So, so the important, as you see it at the moment then, the uh, the important issues for trans people in Ireland. I mean, we could... Well, can I, I, can I say one thing on, on this? Yeah. This thing about the toilets is really upsetting. Yes, and, and women's safe spaces, yeah. right? I have not been able to find, I did a Google search, <laughs> I have not been able to find any record of any trans woman ever anywhere attacking a, tra- a, a, a female. Because it's never happened. It's I, I'm not, you can't say it's never happened. There's seven billion. Well, okay. Maybe it's happened once, but I've not been, Google doesn't know about it, yeah. right? So I, I've not, now I will say this, I don't think it's ever happened in Ireland. Yeah. And what the idea is, is that if they let us, there's in trans people, live our lives, what will happen is a rapist will go in and transition, not transition, sorry, yeah, put on they'll just dress. self no, not even that. Yeah. They'll self identify as female so that they can use the ladies' loop. Then they can walk in and rape somebody or attack somebody. Like, it's fucking, a man can walk into a ladies' loop now. Even, even if that were true, it wouldn't be the trans person. No, right? <laughs> but be, they have be, to protect. It'd be the rapist in disguise. Whereas if you look up violence by trans people, you'll only find in Google violence against trans people. The vast majority, well not the vast majority, the younger trans are amazing. They, they know who they are. They're, they're not like I was. They become quite assertive. And yeah, but they have thing. internet. I mean, yeah. we touched on what Ireland is like. I mean, I was 13 before I heard the word transsexual. And I, I could have blew my mind. It meant I wasn't alone. Yeah. It meant, you know, that, that, and that there was a sex change operation, as it was then called. Oh my God, there was a cure. Yeah. I, I would never forget that day. I nearly tripped over myself getting into asking my mother, or she nearly died. Where are you eating that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe in some ways, kids have it easier now. Oh, they do. Oh, no, no, easy. they do. They absolutely they still do. have a tough time. But there's, I mean, there's support groups. There's I mean, a great organization belong to for kids. You know, they, they deal with LGBT kids, yeah. and, and it's amazing. So there's lots of networks now. I was saying off mic before we yeah. go on the thing that. Um, you know, it's oversimple to say, but maybe you know, on the LGBT spectrum, uh, the LGB stuff is nearly done. And then I'm sure they're gay. Well, the T is a long way. Pardon me, but, yeah. but the T is clearly well, a long way. And in Tenny, we conducted a scientific survey, and it was expensive. Yeah. But we were funded to do that, to, whatever this survey is cost, I don't remember. But most trans people in Ireland answered this survey. Yeah. And this survey found, no, I, I could be slightly out on the figures. I think it was 76% of all trans people that mm. conducted the survey had considered suicide in Ireland wow. in 2012, let's say. And I wonder, Vicky, would... Oh, no, there's more. Mm. 46% of us had attempted it. Oh, jeez. And you have to understand, the 46 who'd attempted it, were the survivors. Yeah. How many weren't there? I know two or three people that committed suicide. How many weren't there 
to fill out that survey. Yeah. Like it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And how many, I often see when you see unexplained suicides by young people, yeah. how many of those might be trans? In years gone by, you might have found uh, what's a terrible phrase, ordinary gay people, you know, <laughs> or run of the mill person who happens to be homosexual. Yeah. But trapped in the Ireland of that time. Would be know, then, that would have been as bad yeah. as any. Uh, and I wonder <laughs> if, you know, I remember being educated by priests when I was young and I remember them yeah. telling me that, oh, Sweden's a terrible country. It has a really high suicide rate, whereas we don't here in Ireland. We used to hide our suicides. Oh, we, we did. We covered up everything. We were really good at it oh. and not talking about yeah. it. You say we were lazy. Jesus, we were bloody good at some things. We, our ability to yeah, hold a blind spot. The lazy was not discussing it. Yeah. Not, not looking at it, not yeah. doing it at the church. We, we, so we uh, uh, we, we've had some harder conversations with ourselves mm. as a society now. We're probably better for it. What, what do you see as the next challenges for uh, trans people in Ireland? Then? Oh, well, we, we have to defend um, the, ourselves against these attacks, as in both verbal yeah. and in some cases physical. Um, we, we have to, I mean, we, we're, like, we're an incredible country. If you're over 18, mm. you just go and self-elect yeah. and you can change your gender and your birth cert. Uh, so that was in the UK you need uh, three people you go into a panel of I think three people and they have to agree with you that you are trans they go through your life and they get to decide I think one is medical one is legal and one is just somebody off the street <laughs> right and uh, they get to decide how we lead our lives and this whole thing in the UK came up because of this self-identity yeah. they're saying oh a man can self-identify as a woman and then go in and rape a woman which uh, and then makes no sense you get a piece of paper from the government <laughs> yeah. like, there's two parts of being trans the legal route yeah. which we didn't have in the 2015 now we do Mm. and we get the piece of paper that's all that is is a piece of paper and the second one is the medical transition yeah no doctor's going to let you transition without you proving who you are so the spin uh, is, is an entirely false one oh totally uh, entirely false and demonstrably it's, uh, but it's obscene because there's so many I mean I go in every I <laughs> the trans community have a remembrance service every November yeah. in, in the in the Unitarian Church on off Stephen's Green and uh and it's a lovely church. Bridget Spain is in there. She's amazing. And every year we go in there to remember all the trans people that have been murdered in the previous year around the world. And typically, the recorded cases are about 350, 400. And there are no trans people killed virtually in Russia because I don't know they just they don't exist to say we could be or sure they don't exist here. and very few in Africa yeah don't exist and America's really bad they have huge numbers we're very lucky we've never actually had a trans murder here yet I say yet yeah, because yes, the way it's, it's going the rate it's going yeah it's um, very worrying I was going to because I'm conscious of time but I was right. going to ask you one thing more about mm. your, your journey and that was your, your faith and um, because that interests me to some extent, just conversations about faith. Mm. Um, but did you uh, literally lose your faith? And it's a terrible joke. Was it a binary thing? Did no. you go? Did you go no, from? it was a journey as well. I mean, I, when the kids were alive, <laughs> my son uh, had an awful lot of questions. 
and faith was one of them and, and I think ironically he's more spiritual than I am now but in answering all his questions I was realised that this makes no freaking sense hmm. so that was happening between uh, I'd say the early noughties right. and I was being peppered with all the questions about God and everything else this lad did theoretical physics so he's yeah. a very intelligent kid yeah. now he would, be, he, he, would, he would see no direct evidence to tell him that this cracker is a no and like when I'd say no this is yeah. God and this is what and, and he challenged me and said, how does that tie in with the Big Bang? And, and <laughs> my answer was always, God created the Big Bang. Yeah. And but he kept pushing me and I kept, it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't adding up yeah. in my own head. But like a good Irish person, I didn't want to think about it, right? <laughs> yeah. I was perfectly happy going to Mass on Sunday. And then at Christmas 08, I had two and a half years after I transitioned, uh, Benedict, the last That's one. right, yeah. He came out with an attack on LGBT people that we were as big a threat to humanity as global warming. Oh, for goodness sake. I had a serious problem with that because I couldn't relate that at all. So my faith was drifting between always and I think it was 15. Because it's very so, possible to have complete faith in God and no faith whatsoever. In the church, yeah. But it's, I suppose trying to explain it to my son kind of damaged my faith in God a little. Yeah. And then the Pope damaged it in the church. Yeah. And you now hang on, the, all the stuff with the kids and the way the church was run, that really damaged it as well. Yeah. So between always and and 2015 I was going less and less to church Yeah. and by the time 15 came along and they introduced the rule that we can't be godparents a gratuitous insult with no, no positive yeah, purpose yeah that was whatsoever. it and, yeah. and, and that was me done like the that pronouns. was my like, like, like the pronouns it's not that you know it's not that the pronouns have, it's the fact that you're deliberately choosing to belittle and insult me by, by yeah by, but they by introduced the, that yeah. and the current book this so called the more Liberal guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. He's not liberal when it comes to LGBT. So you fell. So you fell out with the church, which yes, I didn't even. Be, that was finally the last straw, and it was like, Grant, I'm gone. I'm done. Now I do stag myself. Yeah. As I get older and nearer to the end, I, will I become more and more religious again? I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. But it might. Your mind is open to it. Yeah. Well, I just touched into my sixties there now, not that long ago, and uh, it's. It's um, so you know. I hope I have a good few years left. But my dad didn't see sixty four, so I'm conscious of that. Well, you know? no, that's 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 he, not altogether too grim. Are the, are the he, other... No, no, but he had no plans to go early. I have no plans to go early. I also say I live ninety. I was forty, just trying my forty fifth birthday when I transitioned. So I believe I have the right to get to ninety, and my life is in complete balance. Well, I tell you what, when we're both when we're both in our nineties, <laughs> when we're both in our nineties, we'd have a challenge golf that's match, it. right? And we put we we we, we, we put twenty quid. Yeah, that's it. Um, so. Well, listen, a, a long way to go, Vicky. I, in, I, I'm just, what's, if you say touch into the early 60s, let's call that halfway, right? Yeah. Uh, like, you're around for a good I, time. I, I want another 29 years. Yeah, very good. That's, we have to get um, well, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll talk many times during those 29 years. So, and yeah. um, when, when next we chat, we'll probably be on a golf course. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you're very good for having this chat with me. No problem. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, for having Victoria me. Mullen, yeah. when she's professional and and Vicky, more typically yeah. Vicky yeah no. more typically yeah. anyone who knows me calls me Vicky uh, Vicky thank you very much uh, alright thank you so that's Victoria Mullen I hope you enjoyed the chat 
Do remember to check out previous episodes. I meet people like Dermot Ferreter, Nuala Carey, Frankie Sheehan, Teresa Mannion, Paul Williams, lots of others. It's all there on seniortimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Connor Faulkner and you can email me at connorfaulkner at gmail.com. Until next time, drive safely, live happily and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.